Welcome to the Embracing Brokenness podcast, where our goal is to engage with all of those willing to venture deeper into their transformational journey with Christ. Here's your host and co-founder of Embracing Brokenness Ministries, Steve Adams. Well, thank you, Stephanie. We appreciate all of you joining us for this episode of the Embracing Brokenness podcast. I am privileged to be part of a team with my wife, Colleen, that teaches on the subject of identity on a regular basis at a mission where she serves on the leadership team. Now, the best part about watching her leadership style, and it's been that way for some time as I've gotten to know her over the years, is that she cares much more about the one or the individual that she serves than she does about all the things that go above it, behind the scenes, and at any given time would prefer to be out there on the front lines with guests, with people that are struggling uh, with experiencing homelessness and uh, a lot of other things. Like most of us, we all have issues that we deal with. Uh, This particular way it shows up in people's lives is and seems more damaging, but it quite frankly could be either one of us, any one of us. But I love her heart and I love the fact that I get to walk alongside of her in teaching on this subject of identity. And I thought it might be worth taking just a segment of teaching that we did together, although this is primarily Colleen's conversation with a group that gathered a couple weeks ago. And I wanted to bring it to you because it speaks so much of issues that all of us need to think more about, consequences of sin and our healing journey. So with that, I won't give much more of an introduction except to say this. Look, we had, we were born into a world that was at war and we had no clue what we were getting into. And we made decisions around our future when we chose to be like God and decide, hey, I'm going to go ahead and give in to the temptation of eating from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil when we really didn't understand what good and evil meant. And we've been dealing with that ever since. And the consequences, unfortunately, have sidelined us along the way in such a proportion that we don't grasp the impact of it in our own day-to-day lives. And so I'm, I'm going to allow a few minutes here for Colleen to just get into this, and then I'll join you at the end of her conversation, and we can debrief just briefly and go from there. So here you go, Colleen Adams, take it away. So we are very sensory oriented and that's how we take in the world, all right? So what has happened to us when we took the reins back was the outside world, because we're only looking at what our senses can bring in, the outside world tells a story that we see, taste, hear, touch, um, or smell, and it influences our physical being. And then our physical being takes that information and it puts it into our soul and our soul reacts to it. And our soul, when we're Christians, our soul may take that to the spirit but at a minimum, it gives us beliefs about what is happening in the spiritual, okay? So the physical world dictates. I don't know how many people are like I am right now, 
but I really struggle to have the news on at all. What is coming into us is constant negativity, constant fear-inducing things. When I get reports walking around, whether it's Water Street or the whole mission continuum that I'm a part of, we get prayer requests and things. When I hear the reports of horrific things happening, when I sit with some of you and I hear your stories, it tells me the world is extremely unsafe. It is a horrible, evil world, okay? And so when I take all that in, what happens to my physical man? How is my physical man and then my soul interact? What happens here? And you guys said it, some of the consequences earlier. Distortion, Distortion depression, fear, anxiety, chronic conditions in my physical health. It breaks me completely down. Because there's nothing of pure good that is actually coming through and and entering and regulating my soul. Very few times do you see pure good because, again, it's a perverted sense of good that is happening amongst the world today, okay? So your filter for deciding what is happening in the external world is all based on what the world tells you. Let's talk about this a different way. If I, you know, I, I, I've shared some of my story, you know, two wounds that were so significant to my identity was, you know, my father constantly telling me, Cole, you're really cute, but you're not very smart. You're not going to make it through college. You are going to have to, like, really take care of a man because you're going to have to be barefoot and pregnant because, like, in other words, the message was you don't have a lot else to offer, Okay. And so I heard that growing up because I have, there's, I have four other siblings, there's five of us. I would hear my oldest sister was the brilliant, smart one. You know, my oldest brother was the one who was going to set the world on fire. I guess in the world's eyes he did because he's a multimillionaire and had his own businesses and made tons of money. Um, and then there were some other stories that went along with the other brothers. But my story was, you're not, you're really cute but you're not very smart, you're going to have to rely on men, and, and we need to accept that you're never going to college. This is extremely dysfunctional. So I don't say this to brag because it's actually almost embarrassing. I have, I finished my bachelor's degree. I went on and got my first master's degree and had a 4.0 in my master's and barely studied. I went on and got my second master's degree, had a 4.0 and barely studied, was a professor for years, and actually thought about getting my PhD. Did I do that because I thought education was such a great thing? Yes. Why did I do it? Prove everybody wrong. So I don't look at it and say this is a healthy part of my journey. I look at broken records that I heard. The other story that I heard all the time, I was in a very male-dominated household, and like I, it didn't happen in our house, but I'm surprised it didn't that we did not find a church where men sat on the one side and women sat on the other side and the women were not allowed to say a word, okay? Because I was told women can never lead. You will never be allowed to get up and teach men. You will never, you will never be a leader, but you lead everything. From the time you came out of the womb, everybody followed you. You cannot be a leader because you are a woman, okay? 
those messages coming into me really affected me physically because anytime anybody touched that wound, a man ever told me, well, you can't teach me. Do you think I said, oh, yeah, you're right? Or do you think I was really kind and said, I'm sorry you feel that way? Until I really worked through healing, I would get in your face and tell you how stupid you are. If I was your professor, in your earlier days, I would try to go, you deserve an F, even though you were an A student, because you just said that. Now, nobody ever got the F, I always gave them the A, but don't tell me there wasn't a fight inside of me, okay? So do you see that my life and my emotional state was defined by what was coming into me from the outside? I challenge you to understand how much your life is being defined by the outside. Your very identity, when somebody's disappointed in you and you can't please them, how much you go back and you just kind of fall apart and go, oh my gosh, I feel horrible, and how do I make that right, right? Because we want other people to like us. How do we acquire more things so that we fit in? Our worlds are defined by the physical. It is very broken. Let's take a peek at God's way again. God, his kingdom now is defined. His representation of walking, talking is defined as because of Jesus, he releases his spirit that it indwells in a temple in every single one of us. Okay, So if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he puts his temple inside of you which means at all times, our spirit has access to his spirit to teach us, to guide us, okay? And we talk a lot about doing the internal journey, getting quiet to hear that voice inside, to deny what's happening on the outside, but to listen to the God on the inside because he temple, he is with each of us every day if we accept him. What he tells us is you have to, to return to the garden, you have to return to the principles of the garden, you have to define life by letting me define what the rules are, by letting me tell you who you are, by letting me you know, um, give you purpose and you come to me for it. And the spirit is what governs what you learn in the kingdom, is what governs your emotions, okay? If you fully can do this and live out of your spirit, I promise you will never have anxiety or depression again. Even if it's biologically based, here is the cure. I'm not gonna promise you that anybody can fully live there. So we do have some broken things that are hard for us to deal with. But when you learn to live from that, when we play songs like we did last week um, of who God, who God says we are, and ultimately child of God, when I live from a place of child of God and I walk into a room and people give me bad reports that, Colleen, you're not anything. You're never going to measure up. You screwed this up. I'm not happy with you. If I live from the outside in, I'm going to feel pretty crappy about myself, right? And I'm going to try to fix it all. And I'm going to perform harder. And I'm going to please more. When I live from child of God, because honestly, inside my very being, I wake up every morning and go, my daddy's the king of the universe. My job is to, you know, bring him his inheritance. Think about if we really got what we were adopted into. 
you have never seen as, as powerful man on earth who has served as king as what our heavenly father is. You will never see it. If you combine all the earthly kings together, you won't see the power. Can you imagine if you were one of Trump's children or one of Biden's children, I mean, pick your president. If you were one of those kids and you walked into a room and you knew you were a Trump or a Biden, what that entitled you to, okay? You didn't walk in and have people tell you things and rah, 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 you're nothing and you're whatever. You just laughed and went, I'm a Trump, I can have whatever I want. I'm a Biden, I can have, like, you ain't gonna stop me. Do you know who my daddy is? Guys, that's our legacy. Why don't we go, do you know who my daddy is? Like, that's pretty hilarious that you're giving me all these bad reports, but I know the end of the story. Do you know who my daddy is? Okay. Full different place to live, but that is living from the spirit and how God defines us and what the rules of the kingdom of. If you are ever obedient to God in loving something that has no benefit to you, the person who literally spits in your face and you bless them anyhow, you will find a joy in that that you will never find loving people just for the sake of loving them, okay? Because the kingdom, that's the rules of the kingdom, and that's living from the spirit out. And it is an amazing place to live. Um, so our emotional space looks very, very different than we see it through the lens of the kingdom. And quite frankly, it changes are physical. When you are broken, guys, and, um, and the fall, one of the ways, when I say the fall, I talk about that as my broken place, okay? The fall caused us all to be broken. We're made in the image of God, we're now broken. And there's a journey of restoration where God says, let me heal you, let me glue you back together so you do what you're supposed to do, and I'm gonna even do it better than I did the first time around. And so we, some of us submit to that journey. Um, but the fall is about that brokenness, and there's a journey of restoration from that. Every time we are broken, and you will hear me talk a lot, which is true on the secular side, we are developing so much data to talk about where breaks come. There was a huge, 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 I think um, 7.5 million people were surveyed. Originally it was like 750,000 and then they resurveyed and made this huge study on what causes middle-aged women to become obese. Everybody was like, if we can solve this, this is gonna be huge, we'll create a drug, we'll make lots of money. So it's a huge study. Do you know that they didn't find that had anything to do with eating did have some to do with hormones, but um, anybody know what they found caused middle-aged women to be obese? Can be anxiety. Adverse childhood events. Adverse childhood events. What the heck is an adverse childhood or event? It is something that hurt you, broke you, ruptured you under the age of 10 to 12 years old, okay? And if you got broken through other people's words, through sexual abuse, through constant insecurity, food insecurity in your home, your parents fought all the time. If you got broken, these ruptures came in, it was gonna lead to later life, you were gonna have a whole bunch of chronic conditions. 
Okay, think about how many chronic conditions. You see all the pill commercials like I do. How much of our population has diabetes? That didn't even 20 years ago. How much of our population has high blood pressure? How many of our, our, our um, world is on antidepressants? How much of our world is on anti-anxiety medications? How much of our world has high cholesterol? There are ruptures that they found in secular verified data that these ruptures occur. In the Christian world of healing, spiritual direction and spiritual formation that I've been working in for, well, probably well, about 18 years now, we've always known that there are ruptures that Satan comes after you before you can protect yourself. And it's about 10 to 12 years old where you finally wake up and go, I don't trust that person. I'm putting a boundary up. But when we're children, we're very naive and very trusting. And so we trust everyone. And so Satan's really good. He dings us and puts these ruptures into us. And as we get older, he knows exactly where those things are, that he can push our buttons and he can remove us more and more out of the presence and the image of God, what God created us to be. And those ruptures or wounds on the inside, I call them, have to be addressed. They have to be addressed. But the fascinating part is I have never seen anybody heal of those traumatic ruptures if Jesus has not reinterpreted them. Okay? So I was, I mean, I'm a therapist, licensed clinical person for years and years. Um, I would get frustrated doing secular counseling where people didn't believe in God because I never saw them truly heal. And I did, if anybody's worked with Rebecca, I did EMDR. I did similar things to Lenny in terms of some best practices. People always had a residual. And I think the reason is why is because God says, bring everything back to me because the interpretation has to be through me. And so when Jesus comes in to those ruptures, we're totally healed. True story, um, and I had, I mean, there was some sexual abuse in my past, in my childhood growing up. I had done a lot of counseling. I thought it was over it. Um, I was doing more some spiritual direction. I'm at Water Street. I've been here 11 years now. I'm over in the dining hall, and I catch a red sports car out of the corner of my eye. Okay, I, I just noticed something, and all of a sudden I see this image of a red sports car. My entire body freezes up and I get scared. That car's gone. You know. And I actually stopped and went, what in the world was that about? I had somebody who abused me who drove a red sports car. Okay? I'm never going to forget that people abused me. Who they are, what was done. I don't live there because Satan really doesn't have the power to bring that back into my life all the time. But I'll never forget right? those memories. But I will tell you, when Jesus came in and healed those ruptures, I don't have the same thing. And now when a red sports car goes by, my senses do not carry to my brain, interpret this information in the physical realm. I know who I am in the spiritual realm. This thing is gone. But it is a journey to work through the ruptures. One of my heroes... Um, in the field of psychology, his name is Dan Allender. He's been around, I think he's been doing therapy for 50 some years. He has a center. Um, 
Dan Allender says that every single rupture that impacted you in your life has to be retold in the presence of kindness or somebody really hearing your story for it to be healed. In other words, we're left undefended and alone trying to understand why did this just happen? And sometimes so ashamed, we don't run and tell a trusted adult or we don't have a trusted adult to tell. And we get wounded, then it's like there is no one, I've got to deal with this alone. That rupture has to be, if that rupture, or if there's a, an adult you can run to and tell who's safe for you, that rupture is repaired immediately. But a lot of us didn't have the person or sometimes have the words or you name it that we could actually tell a safe, kind, caring person about that rupture and they carry into adulthood and they wreak havoc in our lives. We have a saying, restored to be restorers. And Isaiah 61 is something to our ministry that's really important. What Isaiah 61, it's the first thing Jesus reads. In the temple, he unwinds the scroll and reads Isaiah 61. And he tells us what he came for. And it's to address our brokenness, to turn our, our ashes into beauty to restore people that they go out and restore the broken walls of the city, okay? He tells us that mandate. So restored to be restored is, guys, you can be restored and you can go rebuild other people who are broken. But you got to do the work first so that you are restored. We need to do the work to allow ourselves to be restored. Now, the work that Colleen's talking about is submission. Submission to a God who wants to heal those broken places. And you heard her talk a lot about brokenness with a couple examples. And I have a few of my own, and we'll talk about them another time I have in past podcasts. But you have your story, and you have situations that have happened in your life that have wounded you deeply. And you struggle with how to get on top of that. But the problem, of course, is that those wounds tell a lie about who you really are. Do you understand? They tell a lie about who you really are because the enemy is doing everything he can to sow deceit into your life. And until you address those wounds, until you address the things that have sidelined you from the intended trajectory of your life that God has for you, you will be sitting in neutral, wondering what happened instead of in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. So my challenge to you today, folks, is sit quietly with the Lord. Ask Him to reveal the areas of your life that you've struggled in, to heal the wounds, to bring you to a place, like Colleen described, of just settling back and understanding that through Jesus' eyes, you're not damaged goods. You are perfectly created in the image of a God who loves you, who cares about you, and who wants to be a part of your life from now until the time he returns. So blessings to you until we meet again. I will pray for you. I will believe along with you that God has a different plan for your life. This was another episode of the Embracing Brokenness podcast. For more information on Embracing Brokenness Ministries or to subscribe to our blog, podcast, YouTube channel, or engage with us on social media, please visit our website at embracingbrokenness.org. Thanks for joining us.